Hi, well, um, just wanted to say uh, hello and obviously welcome to uh, Ken Munro. I'll get him to introduce himself in a minute. Uh, it's just a um, quick interview we did for our um, for podcast, Smart Building Series. If you guys want to subscribe to all our content, then you can do that on uh, SoundCloud, also um, iTunes as well, so you get updated with all of the uh, the content that we put out. Um, so yeah, I just want to say <clears throat> hi to Ken. How are you doing? All right. Good morning. Thanks. Um, tell us a bit about your work with uh, Pentest Partners. Sure. So... Um... We get involved in a lot of independent security research, particularly focused on the Internet of Things and other smart devices. Um, what we're trying to do is look for security flaws that frankly shouldn't be there, get the vendor to fix them, and then everyone's in a much better position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we've done a fair bit of research recently in this area. Uh, we wrote a report about cybersecurity um, a few months ago, and it's super interesting at the moment. I mean, from your perspective, how would you describe the current state of play regarding uh, cybersecurity it's in, in different building technologies? So in looking at smart buildings, frankly, um, what I've looked at over the last few years has not been positive. And I think that's fundamentally because building control systems are, seem to be a function perhaps of physical management of the building. And perhaps it's something that's under the radar or just out of sight of the IT security guys. Yeah, I think that's um, that's a really good point. There's a bit of a disconnect between, let's say, the management and um, of of these kind of assets and, and the enterprise, the IT enterprise. Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's that hidden hidden IT problem, isn't it? So you know, you think about a lift controller. I mean, it's got PCBs and microcontrollers on there. Is it IT? Or what about your, your, your gate lines? You know, the smart gate line tech. Is, is that IT or is that physical security? And that's what we often find is smart tech that's just falls down between the gaps between physical security and IT security. Mm. And, and indeed, the, the IT department might not even know anything about it. Yeah, and, and that's what I really encourage, actually. If you take anything from this, this discussion, I'd really strongly encourage the, the listeners to go out and have a chat with your physical security guys and go and have a wander around your building and go and ask for access into some of those plant rooms and cupboards and just ask what's in there. And look, hmm, is that network cable? Is that a thing network? Is that a serial connection? What's going on there? And just ask some questions about it and, and see what's going on in your organization. Yeah, that's a great point. I know that someone we spoke to uh, a while back was talking about, you know, one of the first steps they do with building owners is just a complete, um, you know, listing of everything that you have, right? Because you can't, you, you know, you, you can't properly secure everything if you, if you don't know what assets you have in your building. That's, that's the yeah, basics. and let me give you a great example of why that's so important. So I'm, I'm looking at the security of a particular building management system at the moment. Um, it's some work we did years and years ago, but I've, I've gone back to it to see if things have improved. And what I've actually found is, is things have got worse. What's happened is these controllers are not only vulnerable and insecure, they're also on the public internet because the installer in the installation process hasn't really looked at the vendor's configuration manual for security, and they've put these things on the internet. So now you have a vulnerable system on your network that's now a backdoor on the public internet. And that's really worrying. Yeah, absolutely. And not, not just for obviously that company, but the perception of, you know, building technology um, in general, right? Um, you know, there's already been examples of things happening, right? Backdoors into different systems. So we really don't yeah, want... I think the, yeah, sorry. The target the target breach, I think you're probably familiar yeah, with. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking yeah. about, yeah. 
Exactly, yeah. And that, that was attributed to um, the supplier of the heating, ventilation and air conditioning system. Um, hadn't set strong security, yet this system was jacked onto plane network. Yeah, yeah, definitely need to avoid things like that in the future. Um, I was going to ask you, so, you know, following on from that, what what are some of the worst examples then you've seen um, of, of cybersecurity in buildings? So I think the biggest issue is comes from a legacy environment. There's a legacy attitude as well within many control system manufacturers. Is They used to have control systems on isolated private networks that probably ran custom protocols that certainly weren't connected to the internet and probably weren't anywhere near the corporate network. And so there's been, I think, a, a layer of assumption about security because it was supposed to be isolated. Um, we saw very similar issues in industrial control systems, you know, the, the stuff that makes utilities work, the programmable logic controllers and real-time units that make the power and water flow. But over recent years, there's been a strong push to get those systems onto the main corporate network for decent remote control, so you can turn the heating on into the office from anywhere in the world, so you can manage supply and energy consumption. But along the way, the manufacturers of these products didn't give quite enough attention to their security, and that's where, to my mind, the problem stems from. Yeah, right, and that's kind of where we are at the, at the moment. But, but I think it's fair to say, you know, there's a lot of people taking this seriously now, and. Um, so it kind of leads into my next question, or what are some of the best examples you've seen of buildings that are properly secured? Well, okay, so I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen that many examples, mm. but that's not to say they're not secure. The problem you have is, again, just like industrial controls, these systems have very long lifespans. It's not like a desktop computer or laptop you probably replace after two or three years. These systems are put in, probably at refurb or new build, and left there for years and years and years. And if they're not in your patch cycle, which I bet they probably aren't because you never thought about that one, did you? They're going to sit there in a vulnerable condition, getting less and less secure. So whilst I completely agree there are some excellent new technologies and some vendors have taken security really seriously, that's only really going to affect you if you're moving into a new build office and you've specified security with your BMS, or you've got a refurb coming up and you've engaged with your landlord and made sure the system they're putting in is really secure. Yeah, I mean, that's such a great point about the, the, the lifespan of buildings and the technology that goes into them. I mean, it's, not, it's very common, for example, for an access control system to last 15, 20 years. And it just works, doesn't it? Because it, it's exactly. really good, reliable yeah. tech. But yeah. Unfortunately, the longer you leave it there, the more vulnerable it's going to become, the more chance that people will research it, hackers will have a look at it and start finding problems. And First thing you know is when your building's been compromised, your heating's gone off in the middle of winter, or the AC's not working in the middle of summer, or all of a sudden your fire alarm goes off, or your building alarm starts ringing and you have to evacuate. And it's it's those business interruption issues that, that concern me most, more so perhaps than physical compromise, because the consequence of, say, 4,000 people losing a morning's work because the fire alarm won't stop going off, that's a lot more costly than someone breaking into your building, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially when you consider some of the, you know, big financial institutions. I mean, you know, a loss of, you know, a morning's work for 4,000 traders is, um, is yeah, it would be an insane amount of money for them. Yeah, imagine if you got stuck in a position you needed to unwind, but your trader couldn't get anywhere near their trading system. Mm. Bad day. Um, in your opinion, are all devices sort of equal when it comes to hackers? So, I mean, for, I mean, 
let's take cheaper devices, are they more prone to being hacked? So over the years of looking at smart tech, I, I'll be honest, I made an assumption that more expensive product would be more secure. And over the last few years, I'll be honest, I found almost no correlation between expensive smart kit equipment and low cost equipment. I found most expensive, fantastically secure equipment, and I found the most insecure, cheap ripoff brands. But I've also found the, the reverse. I found aftermarket clones that were more secure than the product they actually cloned. So it's very difficult to say whether you buy a corporate grade enterprise kit, it's gonna be secure, because I've found the opposite in many cases. That's so amazing. don't assume yeah. just because there's a big price tag, it's gonna be safe. Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's insane, isn't it? I mean, so in terms of, let's say, um, a building owner or someone putting in technology, what, what advice would you give them if they were going to um, evaluate different different bits of kit, different bits of hardware? Okay, so the first thing you've got to ask is you've got to start asking some really quite probing questions. Now, I bet, you know, you, you've probably already got some audit standards. Maybe you've been through something at ISO 27001. Um, so you've probably already got some questions you can um, push off to the supplier and say, look, tell me about your security. Now, hopefully, they'll come straight back to you with um, a multi-page document saying, this is how we do security. And that's great because you can sit there, you can read it, you can analyze it and go, do you know what, actually, yeah, you, you, you do pretty well. Where I find problems start, and you can usually start, you, your hackle should be up, your spidey senses should be on. If the supplier then stalls for any reason, they should have that security documentation ready to go off the shelf with every salesperson, with every um, installer they have, they should have it there ready. If there's any moment of hesitation about that, I'd get really concerned. Mm, yeah, good point. So kind of uh, flipping it then, what, what advice would you give to manufacturers of connected building devices? What do you think that they could be not just doing better, but perhaps, you know, um, uh, educating uh, the market, so, for example? I'd say the number one for a manufacturer is have someone in your business that owns the security lifecycle of your product range. Someone who is responsible for it, someone who reports potentially to, to board level who owns security. Because if you don't, security product line is going to fall between gaps and it will fall between goodwill and someone trying a good job and someone forgetting and pushing a product to market fast. Someone must own it. They must understand security, which means they've got to understand the security of the network layer. They've got to understand transport encryption. They've got to understand the web application layer for the web embedded web, web servers. They've got to understand hardware and firmware security too. They've got to be able to bring in expert resources where they need it to validate the security of their technology. And they need to make sure they can bring in consultants to help them write secure components. Someone's got to own security in the manufacturer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about advice to um, installers of this kind of equipment? Uh, what have you said? I mean, obviously, we mentioned the target um, hack earlier on there. Um, and that was, as you said, was attributed to somebody not installing this this equipment properly. What, what can they do better? So I would say installers, frankly, you're on the front line with all this because you're the guys who are taking the manufacturer's kit and making sure it gets installed and configured in a safe manner that's safe to connect to a client network. So before you get anywhere near the client environment, sit down and talk to the IT security guys in your customer. Talk to them about what you're going to do. Talk to them about what they'd expect you to do in terms of security. And then demonstrate a plan that shows you can set the product up securely. I'll consult with your manufacturer. 
ask them for security standards, things they'd expect. This is what the steps I have to go through with your controllers to make them secure. And if they don't provide that, you might even want to think about changing manufacturers because mm. the problem's going to happen is it's going to be an installer on the line if there's a breach and it's attributed back to a failed or insecure install. So I would make very sure you've got a strong insurance policy to cover that eventuality because data breaches are very, very expensive. And if the finger's pointed at you, you need to be ready for it. Yeah, right. I mean, liability must be a, a key issue here. Uh, you need, you know, you don't want to be caught um, in a situation where perhaps you, you've enabled something that was actually not out of your control in some in some respects. Yeah, I think if, if reasonably it turned out to be a manufacturer fault and actually the product you installed and set up, you did it according to good practice and you followed the guys and the manufacturer made a boo-boo, that's another matter. If the customer then compromised or changed something you installed, that's another matter. But by and large, the securities as we see tend to come down to installer problems. So make sure you're fully familiar with your vendor's security config. Make sure you know how to set it up safely. Mm. Uh, skills are an issue here. I mean, we wrote in our report from the research that we looked at that there could potentially be a big skill shortage, especially in Europe, for, for you know, good people to really who really understand cybersecurity. And unfortunately, I think a lot of yeah. the sort of manufacturers of, of building controls installers, it's not a particularly sexy area of technology. You know, they could be quite low in the food chain when it comes to getting the best, um, the best skilled people here. So you, there's a skill shortage across the whole field. Um, it, it's very difficult to get really good skilled people. Um, however, uh, I think it's absolutely key that installers go out and find people who understand this. It's really, really important. Go and um, go and spend some time doing an online training course. Go and learn a bit about security. Go and get a badge so that when in a tender situation, the client asks you about security, you can go, do you know what? I've got installers who've got this security accreditation. And all of a sudden, you're the one at the top of the pile because you're the guys who are taking security most seriously. You're the ones who win the bid. I think you'd be surprised. Organizations are increasingly paying attention to the security of their supply chain of their embedded systems, of their control systems. So if you're the young supplier that goes, yeah, we've got security now because I've trained up my engineers. They understand it. They've got a certification. Um, one you might want to pursue. Um, it's, a, it's a great step in. It's, it's not a particularly advanced security accreditation, but I'd really recommend Cybersecurity Essentials and Cybersecurity Essentials Plus. Uh, it's a great, it's a great um, way to get you started. Maybe you haven't, um, you haven't got the ability to do ISO 27001 yet, which is the frankly the gold standard but go and get cybersecurity essentials as a little starter it's a good um, good way of demonstrating you've taken the basics seriously mm, okay i'll put a link to that in the description for this um as a, another question for you then what advice would you give to uh, building owners uh, people who are you know have some responsibility for you know a commercial building um and they're and they're looking at this. They want they want to make their building smart, but they you know they have some concerns about about connecting things and doing it in a in a in a secure manner. So shared and multi-tenanted um, office space is is a real challenge um, for the landlord and the premises owner because you are you want to put in strong security. You want to have a great strong front desk team that makes sure that people can't blag their way into the building. So you want to put in place good security controls, then you get resistance from your tenants. Go, no, we don't want to do that. It's not a problem. So it, it's quite difficult. But let's say, for example, that um, you're providing physical network 
that your tenant uses, let's say that's shared, and you put a building management system onto that that's vulnerable, you end up not just compromising the building, you end up compromising all of your tenants, and that is not a good place to be. So I'd strongly recommend that you sit down, spend a bit of time talking to your tenants, understand what their concerns about security are, and make sure whatever system you're putting in for your tenants to use is really safe. Now, if they're not interested in security, I think you probably need to get something signed on a piece of paper because what you don't want down the line is a tenant gets breached, their customer data is exposed. I don't know, maybe the general data protection regulation gets breached and they're starting to point fingers at you. Mm. So I think building owners, management companies, landlords need to really think carefully about what they're putting into these organizations. Talk to your tenants, ask them about security. Yeah, I mean, some, some great points there. Uh, for everybody I think so that was really useful thanks very much Ken uh, if they want to get some more information on what you do um, I know you, sp you speak a lot of events don't you I do yeah I, um, I also speak in the, in the property space but I also speak across utilities and love doing public talks about helping people understand through frankly lots of anecdotes and live hacking demos how how security works, how you can make security engaging. Um, if you've got an event that you think it'd be worthwhile, do drop me a line. So there's also a blog on my website. So we talk about um, the techniques, the consequences, and the ways to stop hackers getting into your systems. Lots of fun stuff on there that you could uh, read and digest. And there's lots of 10-step guides to thinking about how you secure things easily. Great. And what's the website? Oh, pentestpartners.com. Pentestpartners. Okay. Great. Yeah, so I recommend everyone to go and have a look at that. And uh, as I said, I'll put some of the links that we discussed on the uh, on the show notes. So yeah, thanks, Ken. Appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thank you.